Welcome to the Framework YQL Show. We are your hosts, Russ and Robin Stewart. In this podcast, we are going to share various health, fitness, and nutrition tips and strategies that we hope can help you feel good and move better. All right, guys, welcome back to the Framework YQL podcast. Uh, This week, we have our guest, Dan Stewart. Um, Dan and I are going to just kind of dig into a couple topics, uh, mostly about kind of switching gears from the competitive side of CrossFit and uh, doing it a little bit more for lifestyle. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? All that stuff. Well, I am a, uh, I'm clearly your brother, um, as most people would know, because of the rugged good looks and the same last name. Um, I'm married with uh, two daughters. I, uh, for employment, I used to be, uh, I hopefully still will be, a commercial pilot for 20 years. <laughs> so 2020 keeps uh, or stops uh, rolling out the punches. We'll get rolling with that again. And I'm a part owner of Cross Framework. Awesome. All right. So, on episode number one, I kind of briefly mentioned that you were the catalyst that got me involved um, with CrossFit when we went to, uh, well, I met you over in Vancouver and we did a quick and dirty workout over there. Um, where did you get your start? Like, how did, how did you find CrossFit? Um, the way I found it was um, on a layover. I was in Chicago and uh, me and the boys, uh, after you land there, you, go, you have a little bit of a nap and you go out for a feed and we walked into a sports bar. And on the TV in the sports bar was a CrossFit Games. And I'd never, I'd never even heard of CrossFit or seen anything like it. And um, I immediately was like, this is awesome. Like, because it's just everything. It's got stuff that I, I was good at, like running and skipping. And, um, and with a sports background, like things that I was very interested in. And a lot of things that I had no idea how to do, but they looked really cool. And the athletes looked amazing. So I'm like, you know what? This is something I want to research a little bit. So went back to my hotel room that night and dug it up, downloaded the level one kind of manual so I could get an idea of what the movements are and what's going on and read about it. I'm after that, just kind of trying to figure out how I could get involved in it. And uh, I, I, went back, I went back to Hong Kong and realized there was only one CrossFit gym in town. It was brand new, but they were all on like the other side of town. So it was like an hour, hour and a half kind of commute. And so that just wasn't going to work. And so I just started doing the body weight type stuff and uh getting into it with that and then i um I, I met you on a layover you came out to vancouver to visit me on a layover and uh i introduced you to it doing a, a hotel gym workout we just did like 5 10 15 and uh it clearly destroyed both of us but especially you because at the time you were just you know a framer who wasn't in very good shape <laughs> I, was in, I was in great shape i just wasn't in that kind of shape um, yeah, I mean, you were strong and you're, you know, you're lifting stuff and doing stuff all day, but you weren't in that kind of, you know, no. cardiovascular shape or oh, it's totally different. Um, shape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally different. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of, that's cool. That's how you got your start. It was ESPN or whatever it was. That was like 2012, 2011. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty early on because Froning was like, I think he'd already won once or maybe twice. So it was still pretty early on in the, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so after, after Hong Kong or after we met in Vancouver, um, 
I came home and joined a CrossFit gym fairly straight away within about three or four weeks, I think of returning back here. And then you went back to Hong Kong, did some bodyweight stuff. Um, you came back to Lethbridge and I introduced you to like, we just threw you into the deep end. Um, we, our gym was hosting a CrossFit cost. And I don't even know if I really told you before I said, Hey, I think we're just going to go down and do a quick workout or something like that. And I think we just <laughs> ended up entering you into the competition or something. I remember I was pretty cheeky about it. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember, I remember walking in, like walking the front door there and there's like people, I remember it was a, it was like a chipper workout underway. It was like all these people doing like burpees over the barbell and like, you know, dying because it was a workout with like wall balls and kettlebell swings, burpees over the bar, and a bunch of other stuff. So a big gassy chippy workout. And uh, yeah, I walk in and I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff, but okay. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, so we're doing the competition. I've, I've signed you up. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so like bit of a, yeah, bit of a move on my part because like, I didn't really know that you'd never used a barbell. Like you'd never cleaned before. Um, I don't even think you'd ever deadlifted before. And I like, by looking at the size of your legs, I know you hadn't done much squatting at that point. Oh, no. <laughs> no i hadn't done like like i hadn't kettlebell swung like done a kettlebell swing i hadn't done a wall ball yeah i hadn't touched a bar a, a barbell ever hardly any squatting like none of this stuff dude none of it. body weight stuff yeah ninja no problem but the rest of it no well i remember you did really well on the so there was i think there's three or four events so the the chippy event was the first one and like you did really well on that one actually like yeah i remember i was in the lead for a bit because i just i didn't i didn't know how to pace and so I, I blew out into the lead a little bit ahead of you. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't let my brother beat me. He doesn't know how to do any of this stuff. Because, like, yeah. I literally had to learn to do wall balls, like, five minutes before the event. I'm like, okay, go to the wall. And make sure, okay, yeah, I got this. It's okay. I played other sports, basketball. No problem. That's not that complicated. And then kettlebell swing, I hadn't done that. And so um, I remember my boy, my boy Jesse was kind of like my mentor there. Coach, or he was my judge slash mentor there for a bit. He was like, <laughs> and the best part was I'm doing like wall balls and I'm like going deep, like into the pain. Cause I'm like not pacing myself. And he's like, stay positive, man. Stay positive. He I remember saying, that. Yeah. He's a legend. I'm like, okay, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So you blew up on the first workout a little bit. And then, um, I think the second workout or the third one, whatever it was, it had like some cleans into it, like some power cleans with a barbell, or maybe that was like the heavy lift. I can't remember, but you had no idea what was going on. Jesse takes you in the back corner and there's a few coaches all kind of gathered around just like, you know, kind of impressed because you just pitched up and you've never done this before. And now you're doing it in a competition setting. And it's like just complete trial by fire. Um, but yeah, like, oh, what was it? <laughs> The, uh, the one event, three rep max uh, back squat. Um, talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I didn't know gravity was so strong. I, uh, I had no idea how weak my legs were and like, you know, core strength, everything to do with squatting, like the king of exercises as far as I'm concerned. And <laughs> I started like building up with like, I'm like, and this is how close I was. I think I said to you, I'm like, well, wouldn't you just go like straight to your heaviest because your legs are fresh, you know? <laughs> and you're like, uh, no, dude, you, uh, you got to build up and get the nervous system ready. I'm like, ah, okay, cool. So <laughs> I start like working my way up and I think I got like 135 and I'm like, oh my God, this is heavy. Cause like, I didn't know how to squat properly. My knees are coming in a bit. I didn't know how to brace my core, like get that big belly breath and 
how to get your back and spread the floor with your legs, like all these cues and all these things that now, of course, we know my mobility probably wasn't great for squatting either. And um, yeah, and so I, I think I, I think I might've got maybe 185, maybe 205. It was somewhere around there and it was like everything in me, man. It was brutal. And then you're over there having done CrossFit for just, I think a few months, man, two or three months. Yeah, so I joined in uh, February, or well, it was January or February, I think. Um, it was just before the Open. I think it was like two or three weeks before the Open. So it was February. Yeah. And then this competition was in the spring. So probably like four, four months or something like that. Yeah, and then you're over there and you're squatting like 265 for a triple. And I'm like, holy crap, man. I'm like, what? Like, you know, a few months back, six months back, I was in way better shape than you. Like, I had way more capacity and strength. We probably would have been similar, but... I was like, and then all of a sudden you're just like a beast as far as I'm like, oh, he's a monster. Look how much he's squatting at 265 inch ripple. Right, which is not impressive now, but back no, in the day for day, like, four months. I was like, oh my God, what happened, man? It just goes to show what proper technique and proper training and programming can do, right? Yeah, and I think that was the that was probably the catalyst for you to be like, okay, listen, I, if I'm going to kind of have some fun with this and take this to the next level, I got to find you know, a, some training partners, be a little bit of coaching and then, you know, maybe even a facility to work out where there's some people around that know what the hell they're doing. Um, oh, exactly. Yeah. And that was just it. And so, um, you know, fast forward a bit back to Hong Kong and a gym opened up just over the hill from me. And so I was finally, I was like counting down the days till it opened when I found out about it. And then when it finally opened, I was like, okay, I'm going to get in there and get strong. Like enough's enough. You know, I was, I kind of use that competition in Lethbridge as like fuel to be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta catch up to my bro. I gotta get better. This is, that was embarrassing. You know? Yeah. So that was kind of, yeah. Like early on, I think we were pretty excited because you know, the competition stuff had just been missing from our lives. Like I hadn't really done a whole lot of competing since, you know, there was a little bit of high school basketball, some rugby afterwards, but it was like, this was something you could roll into and compete. And I think that's what got me excited about it. Um, what was it for you that made it so, I guess, fun or like really, really interested in getting good at? Well, I like, I love the, the competitive aspect is certainly fun and competitions are a blast. Um, I think the other thing too, when you start CrossFit, your you just, your gains happen so fast that all you're just like, Oh my God, you're like, this is magic. Like you go from, you know, squatting nothing to all of a sudden squatting, your gains are just ridiculous. Like, initially and uh and you're like wow if this train keeps rolling man i'm gonna be like a crossfit games athlete look how quick i'm going <laughs> you know, so it's addictive in the sense that when you start you're just like your gains are ridiculous and you see your body changing and your capacity changing so fast that you're like this is awesome so it's addictive in that sense you know and then um the other thing too is you know, back in the day, you'd go to the gym and it's just like a global gym or something. You'd be like, yeah, everyone, it's just individuals just doing their own thing. Yeah. And nobody's very friendly. It's just, everyone just kind of doing their own thing. It's just weird. It's just a weird vibe. And, and then you, and you see people doing just weird stuff and horrible form and everything everywhere. Like it's just wild, like those global gyms, man. <laughs> so then you get into a CrossFit gym where it's like, it's structured and everyone's in there just to get the job done. And it's like, you know, it's time compressed. It's like, okay, boom, we're going to all smash a workout together. And then we're all, or a warm up together. And then here's the, here's a, you know, like a skill or a weightlifting thing. And then there's a Metcon kind of thing. And so the structure of it was super fun working out with other people who were like amazingly friendly. Cause they're usually really excited about it, especially in the early days. Right. Yeah. So the environment was another thing. It was just like 
hugely drawn to, right? Yeah, that was, that was one of the big things here too, is like your social circle, well, mine anyways, was very small, right? I go to work, um, I come home and that was like it. Maybe I'd go play basketball once a week or something like that, but this was cool. It, it gave you access to, you know, the complete membership and, and I've, I've got some of the best friendships ever from that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in Joey's lineup um, and I met him here. It was, yeah, it's kind of cool. The friendships you start developing here and then everybody has a similar your goals are kind of aligning. Everybody likes that healthy lifestyle. They like to get after it. They like to be fit outside of the walls here. And that's, that's kind of the cool part for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's fast forward just a little bit. We basically went from like Bambi legs, Dan, uh, squat <laughs> 185 for a triple <laughs> to how, how long was it after that competition that you started basically taking this to, you know, like, a fairly high level, like competing the, you did some Asia championship stuff, which is, you know, that was no joke, man. There was some, there was some pretty um, impressive athletes at that stuff. Like how long did oh, that? Oh man, take? you had like some ex Russian, like weightlifters who transitioned in CrossFit there. Like there's some, there were some pretty impressive people there, man. It was, it was no joke. And then you have like us Marines out in Okinawa who train all the time and they come out and compete. So yeah, it was no joke, man. It was pretty serious. Um, so it's probably basically what happened next was like, I start, I, I, the, I, I jumped into the gym in Hong Kong and it was like right when the open was on. And so I didn't even compete in the open because I couldn't overhead squat. And one of the workouts was overhead squat and chest of bar pulls. <laughs> I couldn't overhead squat 95 pounds. I couldn't do it. I had no mobility. I just couldn't do it. So I basically sat out of the open watched. I, I, I think I, I, participated in one of the workouts the 21 59 or no no it was 21 18 15 down uh thrusters and burpees over the bar that was that was the open and i did that workout and again no game plan and no pacing and i just blew up and hung on for dear life but i was like one of the faster ones in the gym <laughs> with that because it was really new in hong kong too like the gym only been open a few months right so everyone there was newbie right um and so obviously I have these huge, huge glaring holes with mobility and Olympic lifting and all this other stuff. And so I'd say fast forward about to the next, uh, that would have been June, probably the next summer. I think I went to Sandpoint. I think it was the next summer. I went to Sandpoint, Idaho on a, on family vacation. And I go into, um, it was CrossFit Sandpoint, Sandpoint strength now. And I went in there and I started doing some workouts and I got to know the, the, the guy who owned it, Kenny Markwood. And uh, yeah, he was looking at me saying, you know, he's like, man, you got some serious capacity. Like he's seen me do some of the workouts and like I had a huge engine cause like body weight stuff and non-complex stuff. And I had good pulling and I had good running and I did boxing so I could skip. And so like, I had all these things that were really good for engine and, and just cranking out work. Um, but I had huge glaring holes like snatching and anything overhead. Um, even with mobility, like the front rack position, like just huge, huge hole strength, essentially was just a massive, massive hole. So basically um, I talked him into doing some program programming for me. And then I went back to Hong Kong and then we got to work, you know, um, straight into a personalized program that started off with some hellish testing and then away we went. Yeah. How, how long did he, uh, did he do the programming for you? I think it was a couple of years. Yeah, it was at least two years. So, cause what happened was like, I came back to Hong Kong and 
um, huge, huge holes in the game. And he got me into snatching like tons of time uh, with the barbell overhead in the bottom of squat position. Like I'm talking pause, overhead squats, snatch bounces, like just tons of time, mobility work to open my, my thoracic, everything up so I could actually get in a really good position. So tons and tons of work and then just tons of strength work. Um, so yeah, fast forward, probably not even six months, man. It was probably only four or five months. Um, I, I went to the Asia championships. I qualified, right? I said, Oh, I'll try out for this Asia championships thing in the masters. So I, uh, I did the, the online stuff and I didn't really go too hard and I qualified quite easily. Right. And, um, and then I show up these championships. Right. And because I hadn't done any competitions, I just kind of like dropped in out of nowhere. The guys were all like, well, they had no idea who I was. They're like, Oh, where are you? Like, cause I hadn't really shown up in the open the last year. I, I had nothing. They're like, where, who, who's this dude? And, uh, I think the first event I went out and I won it. It was like, and then I won, like I won a bunch of the events just cause like Kenny had closed so many holes in my game that all of a sudden I just, you know, I could, I could use like on the engine workouts, it was just a runaway, no problem. And then on the other ones, I could kind of stay in the mix so I wouldn't lose too much ground. And so, yeah, so it was about a, yeah, that was about six or eight months into training where my gains were just massive with, with proper um, programming. Yeah. So in the programming aspect, like um, people ask me all the time, is it, like what's the, is there a benefit to doing like some sort of tailored to you programming um, for like, if you plan on competing and it's obviously yes, right. There is some sort of benefit there, but there's, there's some limitations. Um, what were some of the, like, what were some of the drawbacks of doing like the personalized programming for you? Well, I mean, one of the things about personal programming is like, it's, it's basically weakness training. It's, it's really that it's basically keeping everything else really high level and maybe improving it a bit, but it's weakness training. It's doing the stuff that you really aren't that good at, or you don't enjoy doing. And most people subconsciously, if they're doing their own training or whatever, they avoid that stuff. Like they'll look at the workouts on the board sometimes and not come in certain days because they don't like certain workouts or they get like in a negative feedback loop where they're like, I, I just, I don't like snatching. And so, and I had a really bad day of snatching because I'm still not good at it. And they get in a negative feedback loop and then they don't want to do it. Right. So having someone else roll in and actually say, this is what you're doing is hugely powerful because all of a sudden it's out of your hands and you just got to commit to doing it. Yeah. The, the, the other side of it though, is like, it's such a huge time suck that like, if you have a kids and, and a job and other things like that, it's really, really hard to, like you have to have a really understanding spouse because you have to dedicate a lot of extra time to it. So how much, how much time a day are you spent training um, doing the personalized stuff versus basically pitching up to a class? Probably double. I'd say it's almost two hours a day. By the time you do like these big warm-ups, a bunch of mobility stuff, a bunch of accessory stuff. Um, and then the Olympic lifts, like it, it just takes time. And when you're doing strength training, you got to rest. So you got to sit down for th two, three minutes, at least between lifts. And then, just choose up the clock. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's just a huge time suck. And, and then it's also, it can be very, very physically draining because they're pushing you to the limits, right. And trying to push you beyond those limits that you previously had. So it's physically and mentally hugely draining. Like you have to be very motivated to want to do that programming because they're trying to suck the most out of you that they can in the shortest amount of time.
Right. Did you like when you were doing your personalized programming, um, did you have a training partner that would do, you know, the same workouts that you were kind of doing? Like they would just follow your programming? Yeah. And luckily I did. I had a, I roped this big South African dude. He's a, he, like, he's a big, strong boy. And I roped him into training with me and, um, it was the best thing I could have done because he was way stronger than me. He had freakish mobility, but I kind of had a bigger engine than him. Right. So we'd kind of like, I'd chase him in the strength stuff and mobility and the, that sort of stuff. And he would chase me and the other stuff. So it was, it was a really good blend between the two of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I found so, yeah. When I did the, the training with Can West, I was having a, it was a similar thing. I had uh, Scott uh, do the programming for me from OPT. And if, if Joey, so Joey, it was the same, same thing as your South African dude, man. Joey's strong as hell. And, you know, on some of the endurance events, maybe I could get him. Um, but yeah, like, had he not decided that he was going to train with me for that, man, I would have damn near quit. Like, it's just mentally. Oh, yeah. If you, if you don't have a partner to kind of be there in the, in the trenches with you, man, like misery loves company. If you're not there with someone else, like, and, and a lot of the times I was not like, there was a ton of time that I just had to train alone because I'd be like on a layover and I'd have to go out and get my training and find open gym and whatever city I was in and, and just on your own, just go grind away. And it's mentally very taxing to try and, you know, yeah. press so, start on the clock and know you're going to be really hurt <laughs> by yourself. Oh yeah. You just, you can't, you don't find that next gear. Um, and I found that too. You just don't find that next gear. But if there's someone right next to you, that's on the same, you know, on 21 and you're on 21 and that's the end, like you're going to, you're going to give that extra oh. 5%. And that's why they, that's why the classes are so great too. Right. Because you have other people there that are like-minded and you kind of find, you find someone who's around your level and you're like, you'll keep an eye on them and you kind of push yourself. Right. And so, you know, you got to have training partners and you got to have people around you for sure yeah. to be successful. So you basically went from like um, losing to the girls in the squat uh, <laughs> max at our gym yeah. uh, to basically competing at, you know, the highest level that you could over in Asia in like a two year window. Um, yeah. What's yeah so I, went, I went back the year, the year after that, I went back and that's so why the first year at the Asia championships, like again, just kind of came out of nowhere and uh, I ended up getting second because I blew up in the last workout. I would have won it if I had just had proper pacing and, and known that, you know, on the last day of a competition, you're pretty beat up and you need to, you know, know where your body's at. And also um, nutrition and all that other stuff around it wasn't great either. So on the last event, yeah, I blew it and I got second. And this is in Central, uh, Central Asia. And then, um, yeah, I went back the next year and I'd been training, but I had a few injuries and a few issues. And um, and again, that's kind of part of, you know, trying to train at a high level is the risks kind of definitely go up. Yeah. Um, and so I went back the next year and actually was able to win for Central Asia, which was like, which was huge for me, man. I was like, that was like a goal I really wanted right after losing the last year. I just really wanted it. And, uh, but it was also, I was also reaching a point where I was burning out and everything like that. Right. And I was like, so I got through that competition. And I won it. I was burned out. And then I went to the final of the Asia championships for all of Asia. Like we're talking Russia, China, Japan, like everywhere in Asia. And that was down in the Philippines. And um, I started off okay, but then I just was so burned out and so tired. I think I just got off a long haul flight and then I flew down there and then I got a kid. We had a young, a young daughter in our hotel room. So you have a young kid with you and like, oh, it just, I was just 
counting down the events till that weekend was over. And that was the end of competing for me, man. I just, I just lost all fire at that point. I was so just exhausted and drained. Yeah. yeah. So that's, there's a shift that happens and you know, both of us have had it right. As soon as the, as soon as the kids arrive, um, life is different. Life is drastically different. Uh, oh, yeah. the sleep goes out the window a little bit. Um, the time commitment, is you know you can't commit two hours a day unless your spouse is the most understanding and even then um you it's don't not, have- even then it's not fair to them you know what i mean you can't no. do it no so what do you do it for now like you obviously still stay in shape and do you know crossfit type workouts like why um i mean you know the, for example the other day like we just go out hiking with the kids and we just go up in the mountains and I know my, my youngest daughter, my two year old is not gonna be able to walk that much. You know, she gets tired and this that, and the other. And, but I know that no matter how far into the hike or where we go, I can pick her up and we can do anything. Like it's just an awesome uh, feeling of freedom to be able to know that you can like, I don't know, just jump on a bicycle and do some crazy ride. Like I can, you know, go swimming decently. I can, and then you can also drop into a gym and know that you're not going to be making any deep yourself, you know? Yeah. So you just, you just feel better. The, the huge thing is it's therapeutic once you get like, I think our age with kids and stuff like that. Right. It's yeah. one yeah. place where you can go and, and especially with 2020 and everything surrounding it and the anxiety that a lot of people have. I know for myself, I was kind of getting down in the dumps a little bit a few weeks ago. I was like, Oh man, this, this year just keeps giving it, man. And I was like, you know, and as soon as I just, me and you talked about it and talked about committing to get back in the gym and it started getting back into it more, you just feel better and better. You know, like I walk out of there and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I don't know why I was feeling a little down in the dumps. I just feel so much better. And so I do it for therapy. I do it for the freedom to do any physical activity I want. And I do it like, like play hard with my kids, go push them around a wagon all day. It doesn't matter. So I do it for all that sort of stuff. And I like to keep myself in a, in a, a place where if I, a competition does come up in 2021 or something like that, like, you know, we, we like doing competitions together. I want to keep myself in a position where if something's on the horizon, I can train, just ramp up, do a little bit of training and, and go have some fun. Yeah. I think that's the cool part is a lot of people think like, well, once the competition is one, you know, once you're done with the competing aspect, um, your fitness just leaves you and it's, it's not the case. Um, not at all. No. You can ramp back up in a very short window. Like if you took an eight week window, um, you can ramp back up. Like I just, we just started squatting there a few weeks ago and you know, the squat is already almost back up. It's within about 20 pounds of like my all time best, um, after like five or six weeks of, a little bit of focus work. So it's not like the fitness just goes away. You always have that base to pull back on. Um, yeah. Like, like the rowing thing the other day, we, just, you know, I decided to train for yeah. uh, a couple of weeks cause I wanted to get that highest level method rowing just to see if we could do it. Right. We were just kind of like making a goal, which is important to do. Cause if you have something to chase, you're going to be more effective. And uh, yeah, within three weeks, two, three, three weeks of kind of training a little bit um, to go and knock it off. And like, I haven't been that, crazy consistent or going that hard but you know you, you're always just kind of kept at a pretty high level and if you need to ramp up one specific thing you can do it so it's awesome um one of the things that uh, you mentioned before was like the nutrition aspect i remember we kind of briefly chatted about that um before we popped on here it's like i think i think that's one of the things that people don't focus nearly enough on um so what was like what was kind of your eating 
um, like, I guess, why did you switch your nutrition around? Like, or what were you eating before and then after you switched it? I was, I really went away from like, like meat based, like for a while I was like almost half vegetarian. Like I'd say almost every other meal of mine was kind of vegetarian and my caloric intake probably wasn't what it should have been. I look back at pictures of myself during that time and I was pretty damn skinny. <laughs> and yep. I mean, I was, I was lean and I was, I was, you know, I could run and do all those things, but I was super, super, super lean because I was eating extremely clean and yeah, half vegetarian. And I remember going to that competition in Lethbridge and uh, I think they had a barbecue going or something like that. Yep. And uh, I was like, oh, you guys got any veggie burgers? <laughs> everyone everyone looked at me and they, they all burst out laughing and then someone said oh if it doesn't have a mother i don't eat it or something and i'm like oh my god what's going on? <laughs> i was like oh oh man okay and so i i remember i kind of stuck to what i was eating and this is when i went back and, and got into it and i just started at crossfit nine dragons in hong kong and i just started getting into it and again you're making these huge gains and you're like look at me go and then all of a sudden it's like, and it's just like, stop. You just, you just hit this wall. And I'm like, what's going on, man? Like I, I was making like 10 pounds a week gains kind of thing. And all of a sudden I'm like almost going backwards. I'm like, what's happening here? I should be able to break 265 squatting or whatever it was, something silly. And then you're like, you basically I had this conversation with you and you're like, you got to eat, man. You are not eating enough. You got to eat and you got to get protein. So I'm like, all right game on so then i started actually introducing a lot more protein like eggs and bacon and you know peanut butter and banana and like just sneaking it in you know like greek yogurt and sneaking it in wherever i could and as soon as i started and, and upping my caloric intake and i think that was two weeks like it was two weeks later where i couldn't even really squat two six five or something i was just like at this plateau and you came over to visit and I'd been eating properly and, and fueling myself. And I think it was two weeks later, you came over and like, I squatted over three, like three or five or something within two weeks. It just jumped up that quick just because my body was like, dude, you're starving us, man. We need, we need some help here, man. We can only take you so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember you're just like, we we're eating when we were eating dinner, when you were here in Lethbridge, I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, and you were giving me the gears cause you're like, holy shit, Russ, you just eat like a pig. Um, and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, we're working hard, man. We're burning lots of calories. So I don't mind eating a little bit dirty um, with the amount of volume and the amount of training that I'm doing. And I'm like, how are you just surviving on lettuce? And um, <laughs> lettuce. Yeah. No, but it's true. Like I, and then I, I, I'm just, I'm one of those people where I, I, I don't have a huge appetite. Like I almost need to force myself to eat more. Yeah. Like I just kind of, I can kind of graze and I don't, yeah, I don't have cravings like other people where I just feel I need to just like smash it. And that was something I had to learn. Like, you know, some people have, the, most people have the opposite problem, right? Where they need to like, don't, I'm kind of the opposite. I have to focus on eating. So like I, I, in the morning, I'm like, okay, I got to get my three eggs in or two eggs in and I'm going to get some sausage in. And I have to consciously think about adding stuff into my diet all the time yeah yeah that was <clears throat> i think that was one of the biggest shifts um that i made too oh, it's like the huge the adequate protein intake and then just making sure you get your calories in because that's that's where i see a lot of people they hit this plateau and it's like okay if you're hitting a plateau with your training it dials into like one of three things a you're not training enough b you're not recovering well enough or c you're not eating um what you need to be eating to support your training um, and it's oh, really 100%. that, you know, hundred yeah, percent. 
Yeah. So. And it's amazing how nutrition is like, it's just the keystone, man. Like if you, it doesn't matter like how hard you train or anything, if you're not eating properly or whatever, like good luck, man, good luck to you. It's just yeah. not going to happen. And uh, yeah. And rest and recovery. Right. And that was the other issue I ran into. So I'd go on like, like I'd predominantly just do long haul flights. I fly the triple seven and predominantly I would do just, you know, North America, Europe, down to Oz, but just long haul flights. And a lot of it's back the clock. I was like the relief captain. So when the captain's sleeping, then I had to be on, in charge of the flight deck. So I would, usually the captain's going to take the best rest. So I'd usually be working back of the clock and then you get down route and you, you know, the time zones all flip. So if you're going to get any sort of daylight, you kind of have to either stay up late or get up early. And so yeah, your clock's all messed up. You're tired and you still got to try and get it in. And I remember one time I was just really, really tired and nutrition, everything seemed okay. And I went to a gym and I started doing this rowing workout. And I literally, one of the only times in my life, I literally just, I just had to quit mid-workout. I just, I just, my body was just like protesting so much because I was so fatigued and so tired that it was like, no, this is not happening to you. Just pushing it too hard. I was like, so, you know, things that everyone knows now and things just like common sense is, uh, you know, things that I kind of had to learn the hard way. I was like, well, I'm mentally tough enough to be able to just hammer through anything. No problem. But, you know, you just got to listen to your body and you got to do the right things or it's not going to happen. You actually do yourself more of a disservice because then you'll hate, like hate working out and hate doing these things because you don't feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've run up against that too, I'm sure. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I think I was one of the first, uh, in, in my friend group, I was one of the first people to have kids in the gym here and it was tough, like trying to come back afterwards and like, uh, keep that same intensity and trying to like keep up with everybody for that first three or four month window. Oh, remember the second kid? Remember how bad that was? Yeah. <laughs> I do remember the second kid. It's so much worse. I think, I think you told me, you're like, man, when the second kid comes along, be prepared. Cause like I, he, you said you were like six for sick for months. Like it was like, you were sick. Yeah. Oh, I just I, awful. Yeah. And I had the same thing. I was like, literally I felt ill for like a couple months. Like it was brutal just cause the sleep deprivation and everything going on. Oh, and trying to train brutal. The worst thing ever. Yeah. With the first kid, you can kind of play a little bit of like two on one, right? There's two, yeah. one kid, the second kid comes along and, we did it in like a one-on-one. So I looked after um, Max, Robin looked after Jet. And it was like, it was crazy, man. It was just a busy time. And then you're trying to keep up with your friends that don't have kids yet. And you just, you just can't. So that's, that's why I had to switch, man, like from the competition setting and like training a little bit and just like, okay, we do this for fun. We do this so I can have energy. Um, not the, not the opposite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been a big shift that's happened for both of us. I think over the, over the course of the last five or six years, it's just been like, we do this to sustain and not really to gain, even though, you know, we still can make those gains with really intelligent programming, really intelligent recovery. And then obviously dialing in the nutrition. Um, like, what do you think was the biggest, I just want to dive back into the background just a little bit. Like, what do you think led you to like, um, most people, it doesn't just happen when that one year period where they're like, Hey, I'm just going to go compete in the Asia championships, or I'm going to go compete in like this really difficult competition. Um, what are some like things in your background that like helped you really succeed in that stuff? 
I think the single most important thing was growing up on a farm. Funny enough, you, you develop like so much um, strength just from doing farm work, like farmers carries, digging holes, just doing brutal physical labor. And then the other aspect of it is the mental toughness because you're out in like the elements, you're working your ass off and there's just, you just, you don't quit. You just have to get the job done. And so I think, I think those, those two things were like definitely laid the bedrock for, for fitness for sure. And then just playing a multitude of sports, you know, like played a little bit of hockey, played basketball. Um, When I was in uh, university, I decided to go to a boxing gym because I wanted to get in better shape. And so you, you get your cardio and you learn how to skip rope like a ninja. <laughs> and that's why, you know, the, the skipping stuff was always such a joke because you did so much of it with boxing. Um, and then there again, you develop lots of endurance for like push-ups and sit-ups and that sort of stuff. Um, and then I got into like, yeah, other sports like surfing. I got into surfing. I got into like running hills in Hong Kong and running hills is probably one of the most effective things for you, man, as far as like, you know, building your endurance and posterior chain and just everything is awesome for you. And so I think just having a huge athletic, like a, a pretty diverse athletic background, but the, the bedrock for sure was just like growing up as a, a kid on a farm doing lots of manual labor. Cause the younger you kind of get it and get into it, the, the easier it is. And the skill transfer between all these sports and CrossFit stuff is like, you know, I mentioned wall balls and basketball. It's like, Oh yeah, you're just shooting a ball to a target. No problem. We can do that. You know? I mean, pull-ups, well, we were always used to pulling on the farm. Grip strength wasn't an issue, so pull-ups were never that hard. Um, the only things we really had to, to work on was basically squatting and mobility and then the technicalities of Olympic lifting. But the rest of it was pretty much there. Like, the engine was pretty much there. Um, it was just refining it all, coming up with strategies and, and going for it. Yeah. Yeah, that was – growing up on the farm is definitely a massive advantage. It, it depends on which farm you grow up on. Obviously, our farm was probably a little unique with – the parent that we had growing up on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, many times being like, dad, why don't we just like buy an auger? Like, well, you guys can just bucket it, man. Why would I buy an auger? (laughs) Because I have three boys that are more than capable of filling up buckets. Um, Yeah. This is crazy. There was never, there was never a discussion about what's the easiest way to do something. It was always a discussion about why aren't you doing it already? We would roll bales out like round bales by hand. So like when people talk about sled pushes, like, yeah, we used to like roll out big round bales, like push them around a pen and like, and then get a pitchfork and then spread it around. Like, and people don't have no idea just how like, you know, that's why you have all this skill transfer. Like, yeah, I can go do sled pushes. I can do this other stuff. Cause I've done it. Yeah. In different yeah. form. Anything with like, you know, your sledgehammer stuff. And yeah, there's, there's oh, hammers. Yeah. Oh God. Picking up, picking up odd, odd objects, even like we used to grab hundred pound wet calves and when they're calving and pick them right up off the ground. Like we've done all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a bit of a unique um, experience growing up. I think that that's helped a ton. So um, dude, we're going to leave it there, man. We're going to have a second episode and, and dig into maybe some of the, uh, some of the other competitions that we've done together and, um, talk maybe just a little bit about some of the, uh, you know, the benefits of the class setting versus per- personal programming and stuff like that. But, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It was fun. You bet. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you guys.